This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you're a loser, tune in and you'll be a winner. It's the Moranalytics Podcast. Talking Buffalo sports, Yankees, WWE, 80s music, and pop culture. And now, here's your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Moran Analytics Podcast, episode number 63. Today is Friday, October 19th, 2018. I am Patrick Moran. Coming up on today's show, I'm bringing back a true fan favorite, a guy everyone can get behind, whether they're a Buffalo Bills fan or not. Pancho Billia returns for another chat with me. Now, I had him back on, I believe it was episode number 43. Yeah, it was 43 at the beginning of August. And at that point, it was a long form interview and we talked for nearly an hour. At that time, we talked about his upbringing how he became a Buffalo Bills fan living in Texas, how he found out about getting cancer and his subsequent battle with it, so many other things. If you missed that episode, I would absolutely, definitely suggest going back in the archives and giving that a listen. Again, that was episode number 43. On today's show, I check in with Pancho. I find out how he's feeling these days. I get his take on what he's seeing from his beloved Buffalo Bills And I talked to him about some of the travel experiences that he's had so far this season. He's been fortunate enough to be healthy, at least healthy enough anyway, to make it to some home and road games already this season. Well, you know what? Every game essentially is a road game for him because he does live in Texas. Anyway, he's got some really good stories to tell. It's always a good time chatting with him. And he is, like I said, he's one of my favorites. So I'm pretty pumped to have Pancho Bilia back on the show today. Right after Pancho, my buddy Joe from New York City is going to pop on for our recurring The Running With Joe segment. Today, we're running through the list of Buffalo Bills quarterbacks that have started since Jim Kelly retired, which now sits at 19. Following the announcement Wednesday that newly signed Derek Anderson will get the starting nod this Sunday over Nate Peterman. Of course, Josh Allen is injured. Joe Power ranks the best and the worst of those 19 quarterbacks. And he gives insight on Derek Anderson, which, here's a spoiler alert, not going to be very flattering at all. We also debate if Josh Allen's elbow injury is a blessing in disguise, if the likelihood of a LaShawn McCoy trade is increased with Josh Allen now on the shelf. And we discuss if Kyle Williams may emerge as a surprise trade candidate. We even talk a little bit of WWE today, including Joe's takes on the women main event matches that are coming up at the first ever all-women's pay-per-view called Evolution. 
All that and more before Joe ends the segment with his finisher. And this week, his finisher is about NFL players and concussions. Oh, yeah. One more thing, too. On my way out today, I'm going to play another track from my friend, Caitlin Cook. Of course, Caitlin is a Buffalo born and raised, very talented singer, currently living the dream in Nashville. She was on the original American version of X Factor with Simon Cowell. And she's been a huge singing presence in Western New York for a number of years now. I'll be playing a catchy track of hers. It's called Run to the River. And I'll be playing that again at the end of this episode. That's later. Right now, let's just dive right into it. Here's my chat with Pacho Bilia, followed by another installment of The Running With Joe. Okay, for a second time on this podcast, I'm joined by Buffalo Bills superfan Ezra Castro, better known as Pancho Bilia. This dude is more popular than literally half the players these days. What's going on, Pancho? Thanks for popping on a second time to chat with me. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Now, like I said, this is your second time on this show. For everyone listening who didn't catch the first one, go back to episode 43. We went for a good solid hour, man. We 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 talked about a lot. Oh, yeah. We talked about, you know, your childhood, how you became a Bills fan, a lot of fun stories on there. So again, everyone, if you haven't heard that, go back, listen, episode 43. I just wanted to pop you on here, ask you a few questions, see how you're doing. First and foremost, it's been a few months since we had that interview. How you been feeling lately? Well, um, being very honest, um the 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 treatments have really started hitting me. Um you know, but I'm staying strong. Um, I've got a lot of neuropathy now throughout my feet and my hands. Um, I'm losing simple motor skills, man. Just like, you know, buttoning up a shirt when I get ready for work. Um, it takes me a while now to do that. Tying my shoelaces. Um, you know, I can't even, uh, put a, a rubber band on my daughter's hair anymore. Cause my hand functions are just going little by little. Oh, wow. Um, and then I, I started finally, uh, chemo started getting my hair, the hair off kicking in. And, uh, thankfully I shaved my head every day for the last eight years that, you know, that doesn't matter. But the yeah. fact that, uh, my beard and my goatee is finally starting to, you know, fall off. And, uh, you know, it's sort of, uh, sort of heartbreaking, man. It, uh, <laughs> I got people telling me, you're more worried about your beard than your, your cancer. <laughs> and I'm like, man, it is. I mean, it's, it's honest truth. I mean, I, when you start noticing the difference, you know, in your image, it just, uh, it really hits in. And, uh, um, but you know, besides the neuropathy, I mean, my appetite's still good. I'm still going at it. Um, you know, eating healthy, staying strong as, as best as I can and, uh, um, doing what I got to do, you know, exercise, eating right. And, um, just waking up and get, getting, getting to the day and uh, getting the job done. How's the, the support team been for you? you know, family, close friends, fans. Oh man. It, it's, it's really a truly blessing that it just keeps getting stronger, believe it or not. You know, for a while I thought, you know, um, this, this is great. Those mafias behind me, you know, all these fans from other teams are, you know, reaching out. And I said, you know, one day it's going to be gone, I think. And, um, I regret saying that because it's just, it's getting stronger, um, more people are reaching out than ever. And, um, it's, it's just amazing, man. I, and I think what really kicked it back up was obviously the football season started again. Sure. So, you know, it sort of, uh, and then I started 
having the strength to travel to some games. So I started meeting all the people who were sending me messages back in, you know, March, April, May, um, encouraging messages. I'm meeting these people now in person and, you know, it's just, it feels so good to do that. Um, so I, I mean, I can honestly say it's, it's stronger than it's ever been. The support's there. And I, I, I'm very prayerful that uh, and thankful that it's uh, it's still there and it's getting stronger. Now we talked earlier today before tape, and you mentioned something about CBS Sports being at your house. What what was that all about? Yeah, so um, CBS Sports actually um, network reached out to me and uh, they caught wind of my story and I don't know I don't know what kind of wind draft got to them, but you know, hey, I'll I'll, I'll take it and they uh, reached out and um, yeah, they sort of doing like a short little mini documentary on me. Um, had some camera crews, uh, following me this past weekend in Houston, um, at the the party Saturday night for the bills, Houston bills backers party and at the game on Sunday. And then, uh, yeah, they were, uh, here at my residence today. They flew in specifically just, you know, to, to do some family interviews here and, uh, not sure when that's going to air, but, um, I think it's going to be a great, uh, story for them. And, uh, again, it's just going to share my story even more, um, to those people who it still hasn't reached, you know, um, there's a whole world out there and whoever's life I can change, I can touch, I can inspire. Um, I'll just sleep better at night knowing that I was able to change or inspire someone, one more person every day, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, they, they caught interest in my story and they reached out and, you know, I, I went with it and I'm happy they did. Now we all saw you on TV Sunday before the, uh, Bill's Houston game. Like you said, you were at Houston. Harrison Phillips mm-hmm. gave you a nice hug and your kid and your wife. That'd be a pretty good moment for you. I, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, um, all, you'll always be linked to him forever. I, I know. I was about to say like, man, me and Harrison, we're, we're linked, man. I hope yeah. he doesn't get tired of me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't you think know? You know, what's funny is that every time I see Harrison, I'm always masked up as Poncho. Um, you know, it's like, when am I going to see this guy when I'm not dressed as Poncho? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, but no, uh, Harrison, you know, I'm glad he gave us that, you know, 60 seconds that he did. I know right before the, the game and, um, you know, he didn't have to do that. And I mean, the guy did, you know, and that, that just speaks volumes and, uh, it means a lot to us. Um, he was able to meet my girlfriend. He was able to meet my two kids. My son was a little starstruck. He he really couldn't believe that, you know, he was, you know, a football player was sure. right in front of him, a Bills player, big guy, you know, like, it was like, if you could zoom into his eyes, he was just so like wide open, like, wow, this is like really in front of me. And the first thing he turned around and said to me was like, dad, I can't wait to tell my teacher. That's cool. <laughs> I know. And so, uh, yeah, it was quite the moment. And, um, you know, Harrison and, and our relationship, you know, just keeps growing. I, I know his family very well now because they travel well and they love going to these bills parties that the backers are hosting. And so every time I'm, I'm at these parties, I see them and I, I go up to them and we give each other big hugs and, you know, we talk a little bit and, um, and I know they get swamped too. So, you know, I don't want to take up too much of their time, but, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're a good, uh, good connection, good, good family vibes there. And, um, uh, again, it's just another blessing, man. Yeah, that, that, that really is. That's so cool. 
Now, you mentioned that football season, it kind of gives you a little bit of strength. Now, this Houston game wasn't the only game that you've been to this year. What other games have you been to so far? Uh, well, I made the home opener, and you know that was one of the first games that uh, when I got diagnosed, that, that was my goal. Um, was I'm gonna be at the home opener, and I, yep, I made I that, that. And yep. that was that was crazy, man. There was so many people I met. Um, I'm glad I was able to go there because, again, I was able to thank so many people in person. I was able to thank the whole Red Pinto tailgate, you know, um, for everything they've done. You know, that's my tailgating home. Um, so that was awesome. Um, the game, not so much, but you know, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> no. uh, either way, I mean, just being in the fans, you know, with the fans down there in the lower bowl, you know, surrounded oh, sure. by Bills Mafia, that's always great. I mean, it's always the, the best experience. So I made the home opener. Um, I was actually sponsored uh, by a friend of mine from Tampa Bay, Bills Backers, and she, um, Denise Tavern, she pretty much sponsored my whole trip to Minnesota um, and, you know, got my airfare, hotel, oh, wow. game ticket. And so it wasn't on my list to go to, but I mean, you know, when she said, Pancho, I want you to be there with us and with me and my family, I said, I'll, if, if treatments allow it, I'll, I'll go there, you know? And so thankfully it happened and had a great time, had a great, it was probably one of the best build games I've ever been to. I was going to gonna say, that was a good you game know? to be at, man. Yeah. Oh man, that was an awesome game to be at. Jeez. Yeah. It was so awesome. Uh, so I made the Vikings game, had a good time there. And then, um, you know, everybody knows, can I say that I don't live in Buffalo? I, I, everybody thinks I live in Buffalo. I don't, I live in Dallas. Right. I know. <laughs> I still get messages to, to this day saying, you know, Hey, can I take you out to dinner tonight? And I'm like, sure. And they're like, where do you live in Buffalo? I'm like, I don't, <laughs> you know? So, um, but going back to me living in Dallas, uh, Houston, you know, it's just a short South drive down the freeway. So it's about three and a half hours. So I was able to make the Houston game. And, uh, I did that. And then, uh, believe it or not, um, I'll be in Indianapolis this weekend. That's great uh, for the indie game. Yeah. Uh, and the only reason I'm going to Indy is because that's the only stadium on the schedule this year that I haven't been to yet this year. Oh, wow. The, the, the teams that were playing on the away games. Yeah. So home opener and Indianapolis were for sure on my, to go to, and of course, Houston, um, since it's so you know, so close, but Indy's the only stadium I haven't been to this on the schedule this year. Hmm. Uh, so I've got to knock it out after this one. I'll have seven stadiums left to, to knock out and, uh, you'll get hopefully there. I'm around to do it, man. You'll get there. Yeah, man. You're going to get I, there. I, I, hashtag goals, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Okay. Put, let's put aside for a second, any fandom, let's put aside even the illness for a minute. Okay. Let's just talk sure. football for a second here. How do you feel oh, about yeah. the direction that you, I mean, the bills are your team. How do you feel about the direction that they appear to be headed in right now? Because I mean, this defense is elite. If they're not the best, they're one of the top handful of best defenses at this point, in my opinion, anyway, in the NFL, but this offense, I mean, they can't get out of their own way. Uh, how do you feel oh, generally gosh. speaking about your team right now? Well, um, here's the thing, you know, when, when they announced that, you know, Josh Allen was going to take over um, week two, um, I knew it was going to be a, a rebuilding season. I, I almost felt that at the beginning of the season, to be honest. And, uh, 
I mean, unfortunately, the injury came at a really bad time, I think, because I think Josh was, you know, getting the flow of things, and he was he was doing good. And um, But our defense is what was really helping him, I think, get him better. Our defense is stout, man. I love it. Oh, I yeah. love it when the defense is on the field. I mean, speaking futuristic, I'm a little bit worried about next year, though, because we got a lot of players on there that, you know, Kyle Williams may not be there next year. Uh, yeah. Fingers crossed for Lorenzo to be there next year, you McCoy. know. So yeah, a lot I'm of hoping guys, that. Man. Yeah, so I'm hoping that you know this year is just not wasted, and then like we're back to square one again next year. And so, um, I'm hoping the offense gets it together. Uh, I don't know if Anderson will give us a spark or not. We'll find out. Um, Peterman, uh, God bless the man. You know, I mean, hey to be in the the pro level, you have to be somebody, you know, you have to be good at something. I don't think they, they just found it yet. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, not every player makes the NFL. Peterman got there somehow, some way. And so there's something there special with him. Maybe we're just not the right team for him. Right. Um, but I mean, as far as a team, you know, I'm, I'm taking it week by week. Uh, I'm really hoping there's no more injuries and I'm hoping the, the the team doesn't give up on the coaching staff. I'm hoping the coaching staff doesn't lose the locker room. I'm hoping they can really stick together and you know pull it out, get a few more wins. Um, the division is within reach. I mean, it's a tight division race if you look at it. There's still a lot of football to play. Sure. Um, so hopefully our defense stays healthy and helps the offense out. You know to to get through the next couple of games and. Hey, if Anderson, you know, comes on and does well for us, I mean, there's no reason not to keep him in. I mean, it's just another guy that, you know, Allen hey, can... What are they, what are they got to lose on offense? From. Yeah, what are they got to lose on yeah, offense what they right got now? To I lose mean, maybe, maybe somehow, some way he gives them a spark. Let me ask you one more Bills question, Pancho. And yeah. I, you're the last person that I would ever expect to be critical of other Bills fans. But here's a reality. It seems like mm-hmm. it seems like everyone is always looking to the future when it comes to Buffalo Bills. And even Buffalo Sabres, you can add them as well. It's like, well, what about the present? You know, everyone on Monday morning after this loss at Houston, everyone's just talking about Allen or Peterman and this and that. Nobody's really complaining that the Bills blew a game that they should have won. They win that game. Hey, you're three and three. You got a winnable game against the Colts. You got a more favorable second half of the schedule after the New England game right. near Halloween. It's like, are, right. aren't you bothered that, forget about next year or the year after, right now, the Bills should be three and three. And it just seems like no one's really seems to be bothered about that. And that bothers me right. thinking about that. Oh, trust me. It bothers me. Sometimes I have to put my phone down to not even read, you know, comments and posts and things like that on social media. Cause it's just like, I mean, we were so close on that game, you know, and yeah, there's other, there's other ways that we could have won it. There was a fumble that we could have recovered with like two and a half minutes left on our own side, you know, with 20 yards to go for a touchdown. And we missed that opportunity to recover a fumble, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it's the, the, the fans sort of, you know, give up on the team real quick and they get upset the next day. And trust me, I get upset too. I, I, I do. I get really upset, especially when you invest money and time and sacrifice things to be there at the game, you know? Um, but it, it's, you're right. It's the present that we have to worry about. Let's worry about next week's game. Yeah. Um, we have to support the team regardless of who the quarterback is. You can't go out on the field without a quarterback. 
You got to have somebody taking the snap. You got to right. have somebody throwing the ball. Whoever it is, let's just support them. Let's just let's root them on. I, I don't want to name a player's name, but uh, these players sometimes read these comments from fans, and it sometimes it discourages them. Sure, it it it's like, well, do we have the full support of them or do we not? You know, and it's like, hey, the best eleven guys are taking the field. Let's support those eleven guys. Let's support the coaching staff. They're the pros. We're just fans. We're just, you know, we can be critical about it, but we have to give that support. And trust me, even Poncho gets heat about why are you wasting your money going to support these guys? You should give up on them, get on another team. And I'm like, no, man, I, I, I chose this team years ago and I'm a huge fan. I'm going to support them win or lose. You know, I, I look forward to every Sunday. I don't care about the record. I look forward to every Sunday watching the Bills play. They're my team. Um, it's become a family event and I'm there to have a good time. You know, if anything, you, you watch the game with a few friends, you have a good time, you win, you lose sometimes, you know, you're not, you're not going to win them all. Um, right. take it week by week. I mean, what was it? The dolphins, 1970 dolphins were the last ones to go undefeated. Yeah. 72. You know, yep. The whole season. yep. You know how long ago that was? 1972, I mean, it's, it's man. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to win every Sunday. Yes, that's what we want as fans, but we're not going to win them all. I mean, it, you know, we're going to lose some and we as fans just have to be there 100% behind them and, you know, accept the, the coaching decisions and the ownership decisions and just keep rooting for them. Um, you know, it can be back and forth. And uh, that's, that's my opinion. That's how I feel about that. Last question here, Poncho. Then I'm gonna let you go. I know you got some things going on. Gotta get some rest, getting ready to travel to Indy soon. I saw a photo of you on yeah. Twitter garbed up in San Antonio Spurs gear. You're a Spurs guy too, now I take it. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, I gotta have something to fall back on after sure, the NFL yeah, season to cheer do. me up, bro. <laughs> 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 you know, uh no, I've been a Spurs fan since nineteen ninety six. Uh uh, right when they drafted Tim Duncan. Um, and, uh, you know, I was glad cause that the next year is when they won their first championship in 97. And, uh, man, I just happened to pick the right team, you know? And yeah, I'm a huge Spurs fan. I, again, living in Dallas, San Antonio is not too far away. I try to make it to about one or two games down there a year. Uh, when they come to play the Dallas Mavericks, I most definitely don't miss that game. Cause it's just right down the street for me. Um, but yeah, so I've got a, a full getup, you know, um, Jersey mask, uh, sombrero, some custom boots, pants, you name yeah, it. And uh, pretty sharp, dude. the only, the only thing I don't have is a poncho. I got called out on that today on social media <laughs> for not having a poncho. And I was like, you know what? I don't have a poncho for it. Um, and I even, uh, oh, my, my good friend, Michelle, she's like, you have a Elias name for it. And I'm like, you know what? I don't have a name for it. So, uh, but I mean, I, Bills is number one. Spurs is number two. Um, even even with the five championships that the Spurs have brought me joy with, you know, I mean, I'm still all Bills. Bills number one. Um, but yeah, I, I love watching the Spurs. I catch the games here and there. Uh, too many games to follow. Sometimes I, I really pick up on the NBA at the second half after the All Star break. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, that's when it really picks up, you know, the, the players start taking it a little bit serious. I believe, you know, they're like, all right, we're in the playoff run now. Let's get serious. And uh, 
but yeah, huge Spurs fan. Um, a lot of people don't know my son's real name. His name is Ginobili, believe it or not. Oh, um, really? Ginobili Castro. Yeah, we named our son after Manu Ginobili. Oh, wow. Uh, he goes by Gino. So, I mean, if, if there's any doubt, you're going to question my fanhood to the Spurs. I mean, my son's <laughs> name is Ginobili. Yeah, that'll end and, all I, it's a funny story. I try to sneak in for our second child. If it was a boy, I try to actually sneak in um, Guillermo because Guillermo is William in Spanish and William is Bill. You know, so I really try to sneak that in. But I ended up having a daughter, so it <laughs> wouldn't work out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. So, uh, but yeah, huge Spurs fan. I love my Spurs. Uh, again, I, it's sort of like they're like the Bills. You know, rebuilding. We've obviously lost a lot of key players yeah. the, the big three are gone and yeah father time caught um, them yep yeah i think this is pops last year he's just not really saying it um you know uh, god bless his wife she, she passed last year and so i think he's probably ready to call it quits and just enjoy the rest of his life you know and uh, uh hopefully it doesn't happen but um yeah they're in a rebuilding year so it could be a, a long season for my spurs too but uh man, if anyone's got any uh Elias names that you know they think I could k- catch on with with the Spurs, you know, shoot them at me because uh I, I don't have a name. Yeah, and Puncho Spurs doesn't sound good. No, you know? that don't work. It don't work. Yeah. So, but big Spurs fans. My girlfriend's a Spurs fan. Kids are Spurs fans, and uh yeah, it's uh like I said, it's sort of like a rebound from the Bills. Well, it was the last 17 years, you know, until we made the playoffs. So yeah. uh, it, it, they, they rebound for me in the, the sports world um, after football's done. So uh, go Spurs, go. <laughs> All right, my brother. Listen, you can follow Poncho on Twitter at PonchoBillia1. There's also a GoFundMe page set up to help support his ongoing fight with cancer at Poncho Power. All the best to you always, man. I can assure you everyone's praying for you. Hey, thank you so much. And honestly, that that's all I ask for is uh, keep me in your prayers. Um, you know, hey, I, I love all religions. If you go to a church and you're a good churchgoer, put me on your prayer list there. The more churches, the better. Um, and, uh, you know, just keep my family in your thoughts. And uh, um, as well as those that are battling the same thing I am. You know, there's there's other Bills fans that are in the same situation I am. Keep them in your thoughts, too, in your prayers. And, uh you know, we're one big family. So, uh, again, thank you to everybody for that. All right, it's that time again. The Running with Joe featuring my buddy Joe from New York City. Buffalo wins on Twitter. Like I said, New York City, that time of year, getting a little bit chilly. What's going on, bud? Heard it's getting pretty cold up there in the Big Apple. What's up? Um, It's getting a little bit cooler. Uh, today was around 57-ish. So it's in like the, the 50s or... As of now, but it's supposed to be lower tomorrow. It's been up and down this week. So, you know, win- winter's coming, man, as they <laughs> say on Game of Thrones. So, I hear you, man. So, listen, I'm going to skip the small talk here at the top. I got a lot of things that I want to get to. You tweeted a list today, and oh my God, I was stunned when I saw it. 
I guess I never paid that much attention to it, but I saw it. I'm like, holy shit, man. I'm going to read this list off right now, and then I'm going to get your reaction. Ready? Todd Collins, Alex Van Pelt, Rob Johnson, Doug Flutie, Drew Bledsoe, J.P. Lossman, Kelly Holcomb, Trent Edwards, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Brian Brome. I forgot that dude was even alive, to be honest with you. E.J. Manuel, Thad Lewis, Jeff Toole, Kyle Orton, Matt Castle, Tyrod Taylor, Nathaniel Peterman, Josh Allen, and now Derek Anderson, who we will get to in a moment. That, my friends, is a list of Buffalo Bills quarterbacks who have started games since Jim Kelly retired at the end of the 1996 season. That is horrifying. So horrifying. I mean, it's funny. I tweet that every time they name a new star. Like, I've been tweeting that list since, like, 2013 when I realized, holy cow, there's been a lot of quarterbacks that have started here. I Every time they do a new one, the list goes up. The list goes up. And kid you not, when I, you know, we've been, kind of, we'll get into the Derek Anderson stuff soon, but, like, I had an inkling he was going to start. So I put that list. I went, found the list that I had that I had posted originally the last, well, the last one I posted was right when Josh Allen started. So I copy and pasted that, put it in my drafts, added Derek Anderson. I said, okay, when they officially make this, I'm going to post this. <laughs> so yes, it's 19 quarterbacks since 1997. That's when Kelly retired. It doesn't even include people like, you know, Travis Brown, who also threw a pass and like Cardell Jones, who also threw a pass. They didn't start third games but they filled in during those games as quarterbacks. It's a, it's a horrible list. It is the most pathetic list. <laughs> like, it, I mean, Cleveland has a pretty bad list as well. And I think Miami has had a really bad list since like Marino retired, but yeah, dude, it is, it is bad. I mean, it is just pathetic. Well, I'm sad. Gonna, I want to get to Derek Anderson and get your thoughts on that in a second. Before that, this just occurred to me as I'm reading this list. If you were to take this, this, list of all these Bills quarterbacks, and you said there's 19 of them, what would be your power ranking? Say maybe the top three or four. Give me three or four good quarterbacks on this list. Power rank okay. four of them. This is pretty fucking ugly, to be honest with you. God if, damn. If, if we're going by what they did in Buffalo, and that's like just Buffalo, not sure. what like Bledsoe did in New England Absolutely. or what Fitz did, I would probably go Bledsoe one, Tyrod two, Fitz three. I think. Yeah. Fitz. Yeah. And then maybe Orton four. I'll give you the four. Those are being my top four right now. Cause I always thought Bledsoe that, that 2002 season, I thought was the best season anyone had during the drought. Like it really was, it was good. So, and then obviously he fell apart in 03 and 04. He was kind of average, but I would, I put him as number one and then Tyrod too. I don't disagree with you about Kyle Orton, but didn't he only play in Buffalo for one year? Yeah, he played, he played, uh, what was it? 12 games. Because he got bent. He, <laughs> he's number he came four. In. Yeah. I don't yeah, disagree dude. with I mean, you. I just think it's that sorry and pathetic of a dude, list. I mean, I'll tell you right now, the worst guy is definitely Peterman. He is the worst guy on that list. Yeah, it's, he is. Uh, my bottom three is, as of right now, it's probably, P it's Peterman, Tool, probably Brom. Br I mean, Brom only played two games. I think Brom only started like two NFL games. Or something like that, you know. He, he and, and Tool was awful. I mean, Tool had that one game against Kansas City where, like, 
the highlight was like he threw an interception to Stevie Johnson at the one yard line and Stevie like was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And they ran it back for like 103 yards or something like that. And he was horrible too. But Peterman is definitely, he's the worst quarterback so far in the drought. It's or not the drought. I mean, the drought's officially over, but since Kelly retired, it's definitely Peterman. Well, I feel like whether it's next week, next month, next year, 10 years from now, if we add more names to this list, I don't think we're going to be talking about Derek Anderson in a very fond manner. But oh. truth be told, I mean, it is what it is. The Bills announced Wednesday he will start Sunday in Indy over Nate Peterman. What are your thoughts on Derek Anderson being the starter this week? Well, look, they had they had no choice. I mean, Nathan Peterman was horrible again on Sunday. And we've been talking about that this has been like the iceberg right ahead. Like we've been talking about this for the last like seven weeks. Like you guys may have to, you have to get a veteran in there at some point. You got to get a veteran in here at some point because Peterman's the guy after Josh Allen who hasn't been really good either. And boom, Sunday hits Peterman goes in there, throws a horrific pick six and then throws another interception on, on the following drive. And they had no choice. They had to do this. There was no way they could roll out with Peterman again. Uh, it's again, what I think what I saw, like one stat is what he's got like 86 pass attempts and, and of those 86, 11 have been inter- intercepted. That's you know, crazy. it's, it, it's awful. I mean, but for Derek Anderson, I mean, look, I don't, I think Derek Anderson sucks. I mean, he has been, you look at his numbers, man. I had, I tweeted this stat out that from 2008 to 2013, 20, he had the most games where a quarterback passed for less than 150 yards at 27. The most during that time frame of below 150 yards, man. Nice. I mean, he is not he is not good at all. He has been he is he is like the equivalent is kind of like Matt Castle, where he had one really good year, and then afterwards he was pretty piss poor. You know, he had a two, t- 2007 season with Braylon Edwards and the Browns. They finished ten and six, and he kept Brady Quinn on the bench. And then 2008 he came and he was terrible. Then 2009 he was terrible. Then 2010, he was terrible, and then he went to Arizona, and he was pretty freaking terrible. And, you know, he's been bad. So he's an upgrade, I mean, because the Bills' passing game has been anemic. It's been horrible since, for the entire season, basically. It's been horrible. So, yeah, he'll be a little bit, he'll be better, but it's not going to be, it's still going to be like in that, if he gets to 200 yards, that's it. You know, that's that's kind of like what he'll maybe do, but that's still shitty by NFL standards. But I, I don't think, listen, I don't think this is a nod to Derek Anderson by any means. This is pure 100% an indictment on Nate Peterman. And the worst part yeah. is the kid had every opportunity to make everything that happened last year and to make the Baltimore season opener. He could have made that all go away. And he came in the game and threw that beautiful touchdown pass to Zay Jones, which, by the way, was probably the nicest pass a Buffalo Bills quarterback has thrown all season. So it was right there. He comes in the game. He throws that touchdown. The Bills win this game, and it's a completely different tone right now. Nate Peterman, you know what? Maybe we were quick to rush to judgment when it came to benching him after one game. You could have made that argument had he come in and done the job. But that pick six and then the second interception, that I completely agree with you. His career is done in Buffalo. He's on this roster right now because Josh Allen's hurt. I think if Josh Allen's healthy, I think the guy's looking for work right now. I think he's on waivers uh, I, as, as we're taping this right now. And I think his days are numbered here. I think when Josh Allen comes back, unless Derek Anderson gets hurt and you know, and he's gone again, I think Peterman's gone. I don't think he's going to be on this team more than 
four to six weeks maximum. Well, yeah, I mean, my 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 answer to that is he's he's McDermott's teacher's pet right there. And he's been, I mean, they've given him chance, you're right, but they could also view it as, you know what, he's a fifth rounder, let's see what happens. Because look, teams don't, even as bad as he has, he's been, teams normally don't cut fifth rounders like into year two. You know what I mean? Like they kind of keep him around. So yeah. I could, you never know. They could they could keep him. It, it, honestly, it depends on the depth chart. Like if they need to like move guys around, like they could have cut him after week one and it would have been like fine. Like no one would have blinked an eye. But they like him. I you know, this whole thing, man, I'm just gonna say this. Like, you know, we've been we've been kind of he and hawing about like, you know, whether or not we trust the process. And like for the most part, I feel it's been one of those. I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet. We, it's still early. They're rebuilding. Blah, blah, blah. This right here is a red fucking flag when it comes to trusting the process because they have butchered. They have just ever since even when McDermott came here last year, you can even make a case like, why would you bring Tyrod Taylor back if you were always going to you were going to move on from him? Why would you bench him in a playoff race for Nathan Peterman? Why would you then trade him if you're if you're expecting to draft a guy who's going to be sitting for like, you know, who should be sitting for like, you know, the first year? Why would you then trade A.J. McCarron when you don't know about Nathan Peterman? There have been so many. Why the hell have you done this? There's been like 15 moments of that with this quarterback situation. And it tells me that I don't I don't trust this. I don't trust them because they have butchered this worse than any quarterback we've had. Dude, dude, man, we've had benchings galore through the his through the last like since Jim Kelly left. Like we've had, I think I, I had this today. Like we've had five seasons where we've started three different quarterbacks. You know, where we benched JP Lossman for Kelly Holcomb, or we benched EJ Manuel for Kyle Orton. This hap- We've seen this before. This makes all of those look like they're moving from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? That's how bad this whole situation has been since like last year. And and it's just like one of those things where these guys just have not done a good job in planning this out. Like it's like they're, they're arrogant about it where they're like, Oh yeah, you know, we got Nathan Peterman. We can just trade AJ McCarron the hell with it. Or, or this, that, or the other thing. They just, they have just been horrible when it comes to managing this. I mean, they're a laughing stock right now. I can't remember Pat, over how, as bad as those that 19 players I have just listed, we listed for the quarterbacks since 97, where someone has just come out and the national media has just laughed at them as much as they have laughed at the Bills with Peterman and what they're doing with now, you know, Derek Anderson or even Josh Allen in a way when, you know, they drafted him and everyone was like, yeah, he's kind of going to he's going to be a bust, which he's not obviously yet. But like. We have been like the laughing stock of quarterback play in the last nine months, in the, you know, in the last year, basically going back to when they benched, you know, Tyron for Peterman. And it, again, it's just, you don't, you don't even, you never even got that. Even when they were benched Lossman for Holcomb or whatever the, the case may be like, this is like the worst, like 12 months you can come up with, with quarterback decisions by this regime that you're just like, what the hell are they doing? Like, how am I supposed to have faith in them when they have butchered the simplest thing? Why didn't you sign Derek Anderson earlier in the offseason for a veteran? Why did you do all these things that we're sitting here going, it looked that it looks bad for you? 
Josh Allen is, you know, thank thank goodness he's not getting Tommy John surgery or whatever the heck that happened when when it was kind of leaked by that Twitter doctor, like eh, it might be that, but then you know now they're saying it's only like a three week injury. But how did he get that injury? He got he, he got the injury because he, he because the guy can't read defenses right now and he's getting he's getting killed out there because he holds him the ball too much and he's getting shelled. You know, like this is a, a byproduct of he wasn't he wasn't ready for this. They had no choice because Nathan Peterman isn't ready for to play NFL football. And it's just been a disaster. It's been a disaster since day one, and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And I and I, and this to me is again a red flag about do you trust this organization to make the right decisions? Because this, what they have done with the quarterback position is awful, inexcusable. We have seen some shitty management dealings with this team. This right here may be the worst management of any position in the last twenty years that the Bills have had. Last week we had a pretty in-depth discussion about if we thought Josh Allen should be playing or if he should be sitting on the sidelines that kind of came to a halt this past week because of an injury. So now it's not even really a discussion to have anymore, at least not for the interim. They're saying four weeks. I've heard that it's going to be longer than that, but regardless, whether it's four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it may be, I'm glad he's not having Tommy surgery. That's obvious, but is this a blessing in disguise that he is going to be sitting and watching Derek Anderson because you could make a case. And we made a case both ways last week that he may be hurting his career right now with some of the things out there going on, who he's playing with and the mistakes he's making that it might be detrimental to his career. So do you think that this is a blessing in disguise that he's hurt and then he's out and then he's going to have to watch Derek Anderson now, or do you feel like he should would be better off out there playing? (sighs) That's a tough question. I'll break it up this way. Entertainment wise. It sucks because I am not looking forward to Derek Anderson games. I am not at all. Like I'm already in the mindset of, I want the season to end soon because I do not have faith in this, this team. I just, I don't think Derek Anderson's very good. I don't think he's at Kyle Orton level in terms of being a quarterback, a quarterback play. So that's one way to look at it in terms of blessing in the skies for him, not being ready and like taking a, you know, taking a breather. Um, yeah, probably. Cause he's, he just hasn't been good. He, there's, there's been zero, like he's been better as like, he's, he look, he's had one good half in the five, in the, in the what seven, where are we at? We're six games in the six games he's appeared in. He's had one good half and that was against the Vikings. Everything else has been below average bad. And it's just been like, he's, he hasn't got, dude, the, he should, Josh Allen should be thankful in a way in terms of having Peterman throw that pick six, because if he was still in that game and they lose that game, he would have been the talk afterwards because he wasn't playing well against against Houston. He had what sixty yards before he got injured. Like these are pedestrian, uh, you know, quarterback stats right now. So yeah, I guess I would probably say yeah, it's a bit of a blessing that he gets to kind of sit back and and chill because the the, the team around him, the skill guys suck, and it's not it's it's obvious again. We've talked about this from like day one. And, you know, I'll, you know, I'll admit, you know, sometimes I kind of change it a little bit, like in terms of, well, you know, I can, I can see why he should play. But for the most part, we've talked about how the consensus has always been he is a project. He is a guy that shouldn't be on the field this year. And you just have to look at his college numbers. You just have to look at knowing him. He is a project. And they, going back to how they mismanaged the quarterback situation, it's exactly what how they played out. It showed exactly that. So, yeah. It's probably good for him to get a breather. And I will say this right now. I think if Derek Anderson is competent into that like 150 to 200 yards, you know, games, let's just say he does that. 
I think they're going to say, you know what, we're going to wait on Josh Allen until like two weeks left in the season. Then we'll throw him back out there. I That's what I think. I completely agree with you 100% on that. I do think it's a blessing in disguise. It sucks that he got hurt, but I think the best thing for Josh Allen after what I've seen the last few weeks is for him to go to the sidelines and learn. Maybe kind of like a Patrick Mahomes type deal. Let's go back to that. Maybe that'll work out better. Anyway, moving on. And we could talk about Buffalo Bills quarterbacks and fill entire segments with them. But I do want to get to a couple of other things. On Tuesday's show, Tone Pucks during our Pat with Puck segment made what I thought was a really strong point. He said that while fans and some media too are busy talking up excuses for Josh Allen or Nate Peterman the next day, Monday morning, after losing a tough game that they probably should have won at Houston, Pucks is pretty livid that Buffalo blew what was a golden chance to go to 3-3 three and three on the season. And with the Indianapolis Colts, a 1-5 team up next, and after New England, because they're going to get slapped that game, but a very weak second half of the schedule, at least compared to the first half, that they, by winning that game in Houston, going to 3-3, three and three, which I don't think many people thought they were going to do, they had a really excellent chance to make a little bit of noise in the AFC, just like they did last year. I mean, you never know. You know, Pucks is blasting fans, and again, some media, for being so conditioned to think about the future when they don't ever focus on the present with Buffalo teams. You know, you got the tank, you got suffering, you got the process, you got all these young players. It's always about the future, the future, the future, never about the present. I mean, we're in 2018, we're six games into a season where the Bills could have been three and three with a much more favorable schedule ahead after that New England game. Now, do you agree with him? Uh, well, I'm, I'm about to give you some pat-on-pat media crime or whatever you want to call it in this, in this instance. No, I don't agree with them. Okay, the, the, the Bills are terrible. They're 3-3. Three and three. Even if they won, won that game, that's not what I want. I don't want mediocre football where we're going to go on some sort of uh, heroic run to be 7-9, and 8-8. Eight and eight. This whole – the way this looks at with this team, it's all about the future. That's what we have right now. If they had won – let me explain to you something. If they had won Sunday – they're three and three. Maybe they beat the Colts. They go to four and three, and then the schedule picks up even more steam. This team is a five-win team at best. Okay, like I'm not. I, I don't. I'm not into like these fashionable. Like, oh, at least they won. We talked about this last week, where you know, where I think my my finisher was something along the lines of, you know, oh hey, you take the win and that's it. Like no, like I, you know, I, this is a rebuild season. I want to see progress from like Josh Allen to be good. I'd rather take a 300 yard game over a win. Okay. Like as of right now, and that's how it is. Like, no, I'm not going to blast the fans. I mean, this is all about 18 years of like just pedestrian football at, for the most part. And you want to be better than that. That's why you, tr- that's why you got rid of Tyrod Taylor because you said like, well, you know what? The, the, the ceiling being nine, you know, nine, eight wins isn't good enough. So we need to upgrade on that. So fine. Great. You want to upgrade on that? Fine. I understand that. And I'm not going to sit here and be, you know, you know, you, you have no choice right now. Like, just look at the roster. It's not a good roster outside of the defense is fine. You know, the, you know, the, but like the offense is, it's just terrible. Well, the defense, you know, like, is, the, the defense is more, the defense is one of the best in the NFL, man. Well, right now it's, it's good. Yeah. But like, you know, it's still, I mean, it's been great. Like, don't, don't get me wrong, but like, 
what? Come on, dude. Like, you really think they're going to be a nine-win team? Like, yeah. if they win Sunday, I think it could have happened, bro. Let me explain. Let, Why? Let me. What? Well, let's just say they beat the. Let's just say they win the game and they go to three and three. I get what you're saying. Is this a contender team? No, they're not. The offense is too putrid to be a contender. But they win that game, dude. They're three and three, and if they beat the Colts, they're four and three. They're obviously going to get embarrassed on Monday night. They're four and four. But I'll tell you what. You look at the schedule beyond that. They got the Jets twice, the Dolphins twice. They host the Bears. The Bears are nothing special. I don't trust Mitch Trubinsky. I mean, they're good, but they're they're beatable. They're not world beaters by any means. They play the Detroit Lions at home. There's potential to get eight, nine wins there, man. And I'll tell you what, nine wins get you to the playoffs last year. Maybe it does again. Now, I get it. Yeah, no matter what their record is, dude, they still, their offense is fucking the worst. It's brutal. The only difference between being a four or five win team and an eight win team is going to be about nine or 10 positions when it comes to the draft. The cap room don't change. They're still going to need an offensive line. They're still going to need receivers. But the point is, is this didn't need to be a lost season right now. And in the end, you're probably right. They probably only, even if they win, they probably only finish with five or six wins. Pat, you're closer they, they to being right than points. I am. They got to score points. Not if they're they don't no give them up. Scoring. Not if they, they don't no- give them up. Okay, hold on. Let's let's look. They have been great the last four weeks, but I I'm not gonna like all of a sudden be like, okay, this is like the '85 Bears right now. Okay, let's see what they do. They got Andrew Luck next week, who is going to like set the the passing record for attempts in the season. Then after that, they have Brady. Let me see how they they look against them. Okay, defensively, before I start like going, okay, hey, they could play, they could be like the 2000 Ravens where all they get is like about 13 points a game. And then we just got to have like LaShawn McCoy carry them about 50 times. Like, come on, I'm, I'm not fine. Okay, this team, <laughs> I agree this roster in theory is not, with this you. roster is not good. They're not and, that good. Look, I agree look, look, with you. I'll say this. I'll say this. I do agree in a certain extent with Tone, you know, with Pucks that. Yes, like there are, there is a bit of this like look to the future. Let's be crappy so we can like you know have a high draft pick and that sort of stuff. And yes, that is a mindset. It does run rapidly, but in this case, you have to look at the whole thing in totality. This is not a good team. You know what I mean? This is it's just not offensively speaking. They're bad across the board. You just have to look at it that way. And you know that's it. I mean, yeah, I wanted them to win on Sunday. I wish they did, but at the same time, you know, I'm not gonna. It's just, it's just, it's all about the future, man. Because it is. It just look at the roster. Like you just, that's why they 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 cleared cap room and then they're going next year into like gonna like add people. You know, they've conditioned us to look for the future. You know, right. more so than we've looked at itself. Like they've done it. Like you know, that's that's what we have. That's all we have is hope. Like hey, the future. You know, and but that's on the teams. I'm not gonna blame the fans for like thinking that. That's on the teams who have decided like, oh hey, we're doing a three year rebuild. And that's what this this that's what this franchise wants to do. It just felt to me like, and this was to Tone's point, that everyone woke up Monday morning pissed off at Peterman, pissed off that Allen played shitty before he got hurt, pissed off at some special team stuff. But it seemed like nobody was pissed off that this team didn't wake up Monday morning at three and three. That kind of bothers me a little bit. It does. And I, this okay. is where we agree to disagree. That's cool on that. I know what you're saying. I think you're right. This is not a contending team. This offense is one of the worst. Maybe the defense isn't quite as elite as they've looked the last couple of weeks. They definitely got better quarterbacks coming up in the future. I, I mean, they, listen, they did a great job against Kirk Cousins. They did a great gut job against Deshaun Watson. So it's not like Marcus Mariota, they made him look like a bum. So it's not like they've played right. against scrub quarterbacks. This is That's a good true. defense. I think this is a contending defense right now. 
Is it perfect? No. Philip Gaines sucks at corner. They got a couple holes out there. There's no question about that. This is a defense right now that if your offense is just not putrid, you're going to win eight or nine games because your defense is just going to win it. The problem is the offense is putrid. I agree with you. And, there. and there's no hope right now with the offense. Like my my hope is like that Derek Anderson is Kyle Orton. Like that's that's what I mean. Like you just don't we don't have that hope. I agree at with all. So that's why I'm like, what? Do, okay, great. Well, I have to look at the future. Like it's, that's that, that's how they're planning this out. Sorry, look, that defense can be elite as all hell, but in this day and age. If you don't have a pulse on the offensive side of the ball, and they don't right now, they're flatlining, bro. Like it's not, it's they're going to be six wins, maybe seven wins. This isn't two thousand. This isn't nineteen ninety one, okay? Or you know when you had like the defenses that could win, win you eleven games where the offense just handed the ball off five hundred times. Well, speaking of which, last week we had a pretty in depth discussion about if the Buffalo Bills should maybe trade Lashawn McCoy, and we kind of went back and forth. And in the end, we both decided that probably would be best off for Buffalo to hold on to LaShawn McCoy because of Josh Allen saying that, you know, he's the one guy back there that has elite type talent and him being gone would hurt Josh Allen's development and his progress even more. Well, that's off the table now. The kid's hurt. He's out at least a month, possibly more, quite possibly more. So having said that, with Josh Allen's factoring off the table, let's just say for 2018 at this point, because the season may be two-thirds over or more before he gets back in. Having said that, if there is still interest from Philadelphia or maybe Jacksonville or a team like that that has interest in trading for LaShawn McCoy, do you think it's a good idea or do you think it's a bad idea right now? <sighs> That's a tough one because, as you said, we we my, the reasoning for me not wanting to trade McCoy was because of Josh Allen. Yep. and. Yeah, I mean, I, I would lean a little bit towards it. Now, when's, now the deadline's the 31st, right? Correct. October. Yep. Okay, so they got two more They got two more games, right? So this week and then next week yep, with the New England, game. right? Yep. Right. So, I mean, if I know them, they're going to wait it out and see. Like, if they lose next week and they lose against New England, that's what? That, that makes them two and six. And yeah, all bets are off. You got to start. You got to start getting rid of vets. Like, if they're two and six, like, forget it. Or two, you know. If that's their record, two and six, like end this, you know what I mean? So I would lean, I'm definitely leaning more towards that, especially if my theory of them like going, oh, hey, let's kind of, you know, let's really wait on Josh Allen to come back and make sure he's at 135%, you know what I mean? So yeah, I definitely think it, it swings more towards them trading McCoy possibly, you know, especially, especially if they lose the next two games. Yeah, you know, I that, agree. That's, and I don't think it's a lock that they trade him, even if they do. But it does make it more likely without Josh Allen. So I thought you were right last week. I think that was an excellent point to keep him. It comes down to 2019. Do you think, I mean, they're going to have the cap room. Do you think this guy is an important part of the team for 2019? Or do you want to move past him? We talked about this last week, too. Can't dismiss the off-the-field stuff. In fact, I've read today that his accuser, they're filing a $13 million lawsuit or some shit against him now. So... I still don't know that it's likely, but it's. I think it's definitely more possible with Allen back or with Allen out, I should say. One more name I want to talk about here. Then we're done with the Bills, okay? No one talks about this. I don't think he would ask, and I'm not even sure he would want one if they approached him because he has spent his entire career here. But if the Bills had a chance to trade Kyle Williams to a contender, who gets mad over that happening? Because you you don't think the Bills are going anywhere. They're not going anywhere this year. I don't see the guy playing beyond this year. He came back for another year. 
he's playing great right now. I mean, he's arguably one of the best players on the team this year. So I think he might have some value to, as a rental to a contending team that can maybe use a defensive tackle in a good 4-3 defense. Do you think there's a chance the Bills trade him? And if they do, who gets mad over that? I don't think they would trade him. I think they there's like this mutual respect for him and vice versa. I mean, he... Let me rephrase he, he that. A, I think you're right. So that was a poor way of asking that question because you're 100% right. I don't think they would trade him without consulting with him first. They wouldn't just call him his agent and say, yo, man, you've been dealt to Baltimore. That's not going to happen. If they go to him and say, Kyle, you know, this is a lost season. We can get a fourth round for you, a fourth rounder, a fifth rounder for you, whatever. How would you feel about going to this team? What do you think Kyle Williams would do in that situation? That was my question. I think, yeah, I, I think he would say, I think he would say no. I think he was a free agent this past year. He could have went to a contender. You know what I mean? And I think, I think he really loves the idea of playing here for like the rest of his career. Now, if I was him, I would say, yes, goodbye. <laughs> like I'm going to come leave. I'll leave the charge one day. Throw me on the wall of fame in five years. You know, send me to New England or send me Philadelphia or wherever, yeah. you know, to do this. I, I mean, I would totally, I would run because like he doesn't have anything else to prove to me or to this organization, Absolutely but I feel, not. you know, I feel he's into that. And I don't think, and if I was, if I was them, I would do exactly how you kind of phrased it. I would, if I got an offer for him, I would go up to him and go, look, you know, it's a lost season. You know, what do you think of this? Like, I, that's how I am. Like, I'm, I'm a pretty callous GM where, again, we talk, I talk about this with like the Paul Heyman mindset of like, if you're a veteran and you're rebuilding, you're gone here. And that's how I would do it, you know, but I think for them, there's a, there's such respect between both sides where I think they want, they want it to work out here. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's absolutely. why, that's why they kept him, And that's why he came back here. But, uh, you know, he's been playing really well. He's playing I mean, really well. He's, he's yeah. been a great mentor for, for a Harrison Phillips, the rookie. I just think that there absolutely would be a market for him. Teams want a guy like that. His salary is not yeah. absurd. And uh, I don't think I don't think there would be a Buffalo fan who would have a bad thing to say about him on on his way out, even if he asked for a trade, which I don't think he yeah. would do. I mean, yeah, I think you probably. I mean, you maybe get a couple of like, you'll, you'll get mostly like people sad about it, but I don't think it would be like angry about. He'll be it. leading I mean, the you know, charge. He'll be, be leading the charge in a year or two, and is is he's going to go on the wall someday? So yeah. I, they'd get over it real quick. Before we get out of here, I want to talk a little bit of WWE. We haven't done that the last few times you've been on here, which frankly is pretty stupid considering your entrance music is Samoa Joe music. Your last take is called The Finisher. Christ's sake, the segment is called The Running With Joe, yet we never seem to talk about wrestling. I want that to change, so I want to hit on a couple things here. Number one, this whole thing with Ronda Rousey against Nikki Bella. What have you thought of it so far I like the fact that there's one thing I do like about it. I like that Brie Bella's involved. So both Bella's turned on her because I think that gives maybe a 1% ounce of credibility that maybe at this evolution pay-per-view coming up in a week and a half or whatever it is, and maybe Nikki could cheat her way to beat a Ronda Rousey and winning the belt. Don't think it's happening, but Brie Bella turning with them kind of gives it at least a glimmer of hope as opposed to Ronda just breaking Nikki's arm and about, 25 seconds or some shit like that. What do you think on the whole of this angle so far? I, I liked the promos they had on Monday night where like, it was about Rhonda going after them about the diva revolution and, or not the diva revolution, like what the divas used to be, which is basically TNA. That's what it used to be forever. And, 
going after them about, you know, hooking up with Cena and, and that was funny. Personal yeah, promos. That was, that, yeah. was, that was, that was solid stuff. I see what they're kind of going through in terms of like in the ring. I don't think it's going to be, I've never been a fan of the Bellas in the ring. Like, you know, every time we see Brie Bella, she's trying to, she almost kills herself. And then Nikki Bella is, I don't know. I've never really been that enamored with her that much as well. I, I don't know. I mean, I get what they're going for because like, the Bellas got their little TV show and a name. And they have a big name. Sure. They got the name, I guess, even though I, I think most wrestling fans don't really like them. They got to me, they got, they have a little bit of that X-Pac heat, which is like, go away. You know what I mean? Like with, with, with the hardcore wrestling fans, but like the casual fan or like the casual wife who has to watch it with you probably like sees it and goes, Oh, Hey, it's the Bellas, you know, maybe like who watched that stupid show. But uh, yeah, you know, do you think know. there's rather, even a one percent chance that Nikki Bella somehow the Hooker Crook ends up beating no, Ronda no, no. at the pay per view and winning no. this title? No, not even no, an ounce. No, no, Ronda's going to be undefeated until she decides to leave. When it was like that's that they're billing her as a monster, dude. You know that's that's what they're doing, I, and it's weird because I feel that Survivor Series, which is the next pay per view after that, they usually I they usually do that five on five women's team you know sure, stuff yeah. and I, I i do wonder if they may do a champion versus champion where she could go up against charlotte flair maybe or not charlotte Flair, like becky lynch or maybe like that you know kind of because that's what they did last year but they had like last year was brock and styles versus yep. each other because they both were the champions but you know i don't know i'm just i'm not really the program's fine but like i think the in-ring thing is not going to work out i would have made that maybe into a tag team Maybe have like the Bellas versus versus like uh, Ronda and you know maybe Natty Hart or something like that. Yeah, maybe. because there would have been an ounce of chance that maybe Natty takes the pin and they lose. There at least would have been yeah. that chance. There's no way Ronda's losing. Now, having said yeah. that, and you mentioned Charlotte and Becky Lynch, that match is not quite so clear cut. Who knows who's going to win that? That could go either way. For that reason, if if you're booking the show next Sunday, is that your main event? Is that the last match of the night? Or is Rousey yes. because of the star power? What do you do? I, I would, dude. It's it's going to be that. It's I mean, it's a last man stand, last woman standing match. They're definitely going to go with that. It's like the last match. You know, it's it's it would be stupid not to do. You know, the other because I think the fans the fans are totally going to be into that match. I think more into that match than even in, than the Nikki versus uh, Rondo thing. Because again, I don't think fans really like the Bellas. Like that again. It's like go away heat. They you know don't like I mean? Charlotte either now because of Becky Lynch. She is yeah, so yeah, but over. like at least she's I mean, so yeah. Over. But I think I think people respect Charlotte sure. at least oh, like yeah. in terms of like she can she can work. The Bellas can't work, and that's I think. But you're right; they both are getting a lot of sh- like Charlotte's getting shit, and they keep trying to they keep trying to make her a face as usual. They they just don't know how to book faces in 2018 still, but nah, it don't work at all. But, uh, that's that's my main event for Evolution. I think one more thing, then we'll wrap this up. You got DX, you got Kane and Undertaker, the Brothers of Destruction, you got Lita and Trish, a tag team wrestling, you got the Big Show coming back on Tuesday, he's probably going to be around for a while, who the hell else knows who's coming next, it's like the late 1990s all over again, how are you with this? You know, I I, kind of, I I dig it a little bit, um... I'm definitely digging Sean coming back. I want to see what he's going to do, even though he looks completely weird as a bald man. Yeah. You know, and he's got that headband now. And it's like, dude, just just embrace it. Like, 
get rid of the headband when you're taking choke slams and it's glued to your head, I think. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking a little, a little bit. I would definitely like, you know, and this is what they've, they have kind of always messed this up a little bit. It's always, they've never mixed the veterans with the younger talent. And they, they're, doing it, they're doing that right now, where it's like Brothers of Destruction against DX. Like, why couldn't it be DX versus two members of the shield or something like that. Like do a program with that right. or like Taker and Kane versus, you know, whoever like McIntyre and, and, you know, Galloway or something or not, or McIntyre and uh, Ziggler, excuse me, or something like that. Even the, the, the Stratus tag team match. I like that. There's a little bit of youth. Cause it's like, it's like bliss and versus versus Stratus and Lita. But like Mickey James has kind of just been as a henchman. Like she's always been kind of like, their mid card girl, even though she's been around forever. Like I would yeah. have done something with, I would, I would have done, I would have loved to have had, if I was booking it, I would have done Lita and Trish versus Bailey and Sasha and having Bailey and Sasha turn heel together and being bad guys against them. That's what I would have done. I would have done like new generation, like split down the middle versus like the older generation. You know what I mean? Like that, that's how I would have done. Cause I don't even know what Sasha Sasha and Bailey, Sasha and Bailey haven't been around for a while. I, I think Bailey was on Monday. I, I haven't seen Sasha. I think Sasha. She was hurt, back. Maybe. She came back Monday. She was. Did she she okay. didn't wrestle, yeah. but she was there at the ring. She's she's ready to go. She's good to go again. She'll be in that battle royal that they're having. Whatever the winner gets a title shot. We'll run. Oh, right. They're, they're, yeah. They are doing that battle royal. Yeah, I watched the Hulu cut this week. I didn't watch the the, the full and the Hulu cut. They cut things out. So yeah. what the heck's the bat? Wait, what's the battle royal again? I forgot. There's like, like fourteen the- women. It's pretty much all the other women. And the winner gets a a, a future title shot. That's, that's, that's so kind of like the World Rumble in a way. I am. Oh, I God. agree. Fuck you. you and they're wasting so them. I, I don't know so... how they're going to come up with more. I don't know more than four or five matches. I mean, you got the two title matches, the Rumble, the Alexa Bliss that's match. That's so four lazy. matches. I don't know what the fuck else they're even going to do. Why the? That is so lazy. They've had. They're going to have. They're going to have, what is it now, three battle royals? Like, they had the Royal Rumble this year where the women fought each other. And then at WrestleMania, they had the Battle Royal, which was, you know, it was supposed to be the Muna, Muna, the Muna, Muna, whatever the heck her name was. I forgot her name. But, like, it was supposed to be that Battle Royal WrestleMania, which I forgot who won that. And now they're doing another one? Like, Jesus Like, that's yeah. just lazy. That's just lazy booking. It like, is. just give us, give me, like, five or six matches. Like, come on. You can do some blood feuds, you lazy fucks. <laughs> anyway. Well, next week. We'll run down the card and we'll give our predictions. So let's no, leave that. Can't there. wait. All right. As always, we're going to end the running with Joe segment with Joe's finisher. Last take of the week. What do you got? You know, I want to talk about a little bit about the problem the NFL has with uh, hits to the head, especially with quarterbacks right now. I think, as a lot of people have probably stated, it's gotten way out of hand. And look, I'm not asking for it to be what it was when we were kids, where people, where players were killing, pe- killing quarterbacks, headshots, all that stuff. The thing that has always been bad for the NFL, which was why people got concussed so often, was them, and I say put this in quotes because they may have known whatever the case may be, but them thinking concussions weren't a big deal and players playing with concussions. I can tell you this story that I read once in Jim Kelly's uh, autobiography book, which came out right after Super Bowl 26. The first chapter of that book, Kelly talked about Super Bowl 26 when he got laid out. And it was like this. I remember that play where he was running. He then he kind of was diving for a first down and, and someone just laid him out. It was a vicious hit. And in the book, Kelly talks about like after he took that hit, he missed one play, kept playing 
does not remember any of that for the entire second half of the Super Bowl. He remembers taking that hit, and then the next thing he knows, he's on a car, he's outside talking to the PR person, and he's confused as all hell. That is when that that was always the problem is that players were constantly going out there and trying to play with concussions and the coaches, doctors didn't care then or didn't know the ramifications, whatever you want to be. They have stopped that. That's why they have neurologists, independent ones on the sideline who go into, go into concussion protocol. That's what they have to concentrate more on. Okay, you've already taken out helmet to helmet. That's what they have to do. Okay, because, because this whole thing with like, you know, dissecting what's, you know, what the, the the occurrence of like, is this a, is this an, is this a legal hit or you know complaining about roughing the passer that we we keep seeing with Clay Matthews and so on? That's not good for the league. Again, it's all about policing concussions. I don't want it to go back to old school way, but it can't be like this. You know, th- these guys do play. I want them to be healthy. I want them to live, and they definitely have their whole. You know, they should get health insurance and like a bunch of stuff after they're playing. Get playing days and i'm sure that's going to be up in the cba but it all goes back to just being objective and making sure that these guys are not playing concussed okay All right, well, that'll do it for this episode. Another one in the books. Big shout out again to my boy, Pancho Bilia, coming on the podcast a second time now. Glad to hear that he's doing at least reasonably well. Such a great Buffalo Bills fan, and more importantly, such a great human being. Everyone loves the guy, and for good reason. Thanks again, Pancho. Love you, buddy. Of course, thanks as well to my buddy Joe. Joe from New York City. Buffalo wins on Twitter for another Running With Joe segment. Always a spirited discussion whenever I have Joe on the podcast. So I always look forward to doing that whenever possible. Guys, if you haven't done so already, please go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and subscribe to this show. It's quick. It's easy. It's free. Just hit the subscribe button. Bam. New episodes. Each and every Tuesday and Friday automatically gets sent right to your phone or to your computer. You can play them and keep them. You can play them. You can delete them after so it doesn't take up memory on your phone. If you don't have iTunes, you can also catch us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, pretty much anywhere that future award-winning podcasts are heard. On my way out here, I wanted to play another track from Caitlin Cook. Of course, Caitlin is Buffalo born and raised, extremely talented musician, lives in Tennessee now. I played a track of hers a couple weeks ago. I'm going to do another one. This one is called Run to the River. You can find out more about her, her bio, tour dates, find out about her music, all that stuff on her website, CaitlinCook.com. Have a safe weekend. Talk to you guys again Tuesday.
Spirit gonna come and shake me.